following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Tuesdays on the Huge Show across Michigan are brought to you by the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Book your getaway today at SoaringEagleCasino.com and also download the Eagle Access app. And they now have live sports wagering inside the Ascend Sportsbook and nightclub inside Soaring Eagle in Mount Pleasant. And if you want to get an update and buy tickets to all the great indoor shows, find out about the promotions and the giveaways, go to SoaringEagleCasino.com and download that Eagle Access app. Tuesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the incredible Soren Eagle Casino and Resort in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is time to begin another journey together on the only syndicated afternoon sports radio show. We're heard on 19 stations. For the one close to you, go to thehugeshow.net. There you can also listen to the live stream weekdays 3 until 6. And on the iHeart app, search The Huge Show, and you can listen anywhere in America, 3 until 6 p.m., where you get mobile service. Welcome back. Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com. We've been talking Michigan, Michigan State, Big Ten, uh, Lions football, and I wanted to get Chris's thoughts here about what this team will look like when the depth chart is there for game one against East Carolina. So, Chris, this team, from the last time people saw Michigan in the college football playoff loss to TCU, uh, what will be the most notable differences in terms of names in the starting lineup? Yeah, if you look at the offensive line, it's going to be revamped, right? You lose a couple of guys, and you're going to need a starting left tackle. Ryan Hayes, who's been there forever, is gone. Uh, he's off to the NFL. So your center, Olu Oluwatimi, is actually with Seattle now and doing a great job. By all accounts, he's really kind of made an impression already as a fourth-round pick. So, But that's an important position. So that's where it starts to me. Uh, are you going to have the personnel to be – the Joe Moore Award winners for the third time in a row. I think that uh, it's possible. I don't think they'll win it for a third time, but I think they're, they're going to have personnel, and, and Sharon Moore does an unbelievable job with those guys. So that's where that starts. And But if you look at the skill positions, you know, with Ronnie Bell leaving, they're going to need somebody to step up at wide receiver. Uh, on defense, you lose Mozzie Smith in the middle. So... But you remember a couple of years ago when they lost Aiden Hutchinson and they lost David Ojabo, and they're like, how are they going to replace these guys? Well, Michigan's reloading now. Uh, they aren't rebuilding. So you look at guys like Mason Graham, uh, defensive tackle, who had probably the best 
the best year for a true freshman defensive tackle that we've ever seen at Michigan since I've been covering Michigan football. I think he's going to step right in. They love Sean Benny. Chris Jenkins is going to be a captain, uh, and he's going to be about 300 pounds now. So uh, you're going to need somebody to step up at defensive end. And uh, But, you know, everybody overlooks Jalen Harrell. Here's a guy who, when I speak to the coaching staff, they say this guy's always been overlooked. This is a guy primed to make another uh, another move. So, And really the special teams, uh, and you look at the kicker, that's the big one, Jake Moody, replacing him and talking to people close to it. You know, they say you can't expect – all-American kicking every year, especially this year when you lose a guy like Jake Moody, but they bring in a guy, James Turner, from Louisville. So uh, some different pieces, Bill, but so much talent still that they'll be the favorite to win the Big Ten. So let's look at the offense. Uh, If somebody was being handed a depth chart card for week one and that season was kicking off tomorrow, across the offense, across the defense, how would that 22 look? Yeah, let's start in the offensive line. The left tackle, right? We were just talking about, I think, Ladarius Henderson is the guy that they went out and got, expecting him to win that job. He's played it at Arizona State. He did not practice with the team this spring, and that was a little bit disappointing. He had some classes to finish. But here's a guy who they think can have an Oluwatimi-type impact on the offensive line. Love him at the offensive at the left guard or left tackle spots. So got those long arms, uh, outstanding. So next to him, Trevor Keegan, a guy that's been there forever at left guard. He had some neck injury problems last year, but he's really come a long way uh, in terms of getting back to full health. So uh, center is a big one. I think Drake Nugent out of Stanford is a guy that they love. I think he was second team all Pac-12 for Stanford last year, but he's got some guys pushing him, some young guys, Raheem Anderson. I expect Nugent to win the job. And then next to him, Zach Zinter, who comes back. Uh, He and Keegan talked right after that TCU game last year, Bill, and said we can't leave on this note. we got to come back and we got some unfinished business here. This is a luxury. When you get guys like that coming back, it's like getting a five-star recruit, right, Uh, out of high school, but better because he's been here and he's played it. So it doesn't get much better than that. And then I think at right tackle, you've got a a battle between Trent A. Jones and Carson Barnhart. I think Barnhart's going to win that battle. I think he's ready. Uh, He played a lot last year after Jones got hurt. So that's how it shapes up across the front there. So uh, tight end, Colston Loveland. Uh, it's interesting. They were talking about other guys at the at the tight end position. Loveland is going to be an All-American, they think. And they think he's going to be potentially a first-round draft pick as a tight end. And that tells you how highly they think of him, this kid from Idaho. But A.J. Barner coming in out of uh, Indiana is going to be able to play a lot, too. And then Marlon Klein's a guy that they, t- they haven't talked about a whole lot. you got walk-ons like Max Bredesen there. They say he's the most athletic in the room, and he barely saw the field. So that position is deep. They, they feel really good about it. Wide receiver, Cornelius Johnson comes back. He led the team in receiving uh, a couple of years ago. I think you're going to see him take that step. Uh, Sharon Moore has spoken highly of him, saying, hey, he can probably be a guy – that approaches a thousand yards. We'll see if that's true, especially when you've got the running game they've got. But he's primed to take another step. Roman Wilson is a kid that they love, uh, and they think that you know what, with five more pounds, which he's got, he's really worked in the weight room. He's putting up NFL type numbers in all these shuttle drills and things where they think, okay, he's ready. If he can get a little stronger and get off the line, he's got the speed that he can really make an impact and, and you know be 500, 600-yard guy at least, maybe even be a number one receiver. He's not the biggest guy, but if he gets stronger, he can he can be that guy that uh, that you can depend on. So 
Uh, and in the slot, Tyler Morris is a guy that they love. So lose A.J. Henning, uh, who was their kick returner and their punt returner. And uh, at the same time, you know what? Nobody's really losing sleep over it. But one guy that I think you'll see playing a lot there, too, is Donovan Edwards. And we talked about this earlier in the week. you got to get him on the field, right? So Blake Corum will be your running back and get the majority of the carries. Edwards did tell us earlier this year, he said, you know what, I expect the carries to be more 50-50 this year. But when you got a guy like Blake Corum, I, I think you're going to see him get the majority of the carries. Donovan Edwards is going to be a guy that gets his, but at the same time plays some receiver too. So, uh, And then, of course, your quarterback, man, J.J. McCarthy, this kid's special. Uh, this guy is everything that you're looking for in a quarterback. Uh, he never complained last year when he wasn't throwing the ball 35 times a game. That's what I love about him. You know what? He's all about winning. And when we talked to him before the TCU game last year, he said, you know what? We've got the offensive line. We've got the backs. We're going to play smash-mouth football. I love it. I don't care how much I throw. You know what? I'll throw five times if I have to, if we need to win a ball game. But you're going to see him be more involved in the offense as well, I think, running the ball too. They got him outside the tackles last year against TCU. And uh, Jim Harbaugh says, you know what, we got to teach him to get down. There's a huge drop uh, between him and whoever his backup is. But that kid, that's the kind of guy that wins championships for you. And you know what, I think he's primed for a big year. And backing up McCarthy, more likely Tuttle, the transfer who came in from Indiana. Yeah, most likely, I think, at this point, just because he's got the experience. But if you look at a guy like Davis Warren, they really like him. Could have been a scholarship guy. He actually had a, a disease that cost him his senior year, and he comes in and, you know what, had a great spring game last year, had a really good spring this year. They love Alex Orgy. You're going to see him in those positions again when he's running the ball. If you look at his body, this is a guy where if you look at him, you're like, how do we get him on the field? And I think more than anything, they love the way that he runs, but he's starting to throw the ball well, too, we saw in the spring game. So I think he's got a future here at some point. So uh, you know what? It's a battle there, and uh, we'll see how it plays out. But again, huge drop-off between McCarthy and whoever is behind him. And that Michigan defense, uh, when you look at that uh, battle, or battles plural, uh, for starting positions, uh, how will that shake out? Yeah, uh, defense, we talked about the interior line. I, I love it. Uh, it's probably deeper and better than any that I've seen since I've been covering this team, and it's like 25 years now. And you can go back to the 97 team. Uh, they had some great talent there, but they didn't have this depth where you've got guys like Jenkins and Graham. Kenneth Grant is a kid that Jim Harbaugh called a gift from the football gods last year because he – runs a sub-540 at 348, 350 pounds. So if he learns to play with a the technique, they said, and, and can really get that leverage, then he's going to be special. So Rayshon Benny they like as well. But on the edges, they got to have somebody step up to rush the quarterback. They think Derek Moore is a future first or second round pick. Uh, and I, you know what? He was terrorizing quarterbacks this spring. He was. We saw him run over a couple of tackles in the spring game to get to the quarterback. I love him there. Josiah Stewart, a kid from Coastal Carolina, not huge, but is a guy that's going to be out there on third down uh, on the edge. And they think Braden McGregor has a chance to take over games. They compare him to Aiden Hutchinson and say, "Look, you're built the same way. You're the same size." You've got the same ability. It's time for you to start taking over football games. They think he can do that. So 
Uh, Jalen Harrell, as we just talked about, is another guy that is overlooked. People are like, well, you know what? He doesn't get the big sack numbers. This guy is great against the run, great against, great setting the edge. Uh, he's everything you're looking for. So a uh, great returning nucleus there uh, in the front seven. Junior Colson is another guy they think can take over football games at linebacker. Uh, as a junior now, they want him to take that next step. They think he can be an All-American. And lose Nikai Hill Green, uh, the reason that he left, though, is because you got a couple guys who really stepped up. Mike Barrett's a sixth-year guy. I talked to him in Cleveland when they were on their team trip out east, and uh, he said, you know what, I'm the old guy in the room. And Chris Partridge actually recruited him here the first time, Michigan line, linebackers coach, who was here that long ago before leaving to Mississippi that he was recruiting Mike Barrett. And he said, you know what, he's he's hard on me, but I love it. He said, uh, because I need it. I need that coaching. Uh, they love him. And Ernest Hausman behind him from Nebraska. Uh, this kid's all over the field. So uh, it's just it's amazing watching him. His film, when he played for Nebraska in the big house, notched 10 tackles as a true freshman, and then to see him in the spring game again doing the same things but in a Michigan uniform. So they got some bodies there. So then in the secondary, Rod Moore at safety. I love this kid. Uh, Really is probably one of the best in terms of scouting an opponent that I've ever seen. Uh, it reminds you of some of the Ohio State teams that Michigan used to play when, you know what, it was almost like they knew the Michigan playbook. Uh, Rod Moore was that good against Ohio State last year. So uh, love him back there. Makari Page is a guy they think are, is going to play on Sundays too. And last year the light went on for him to the point that R.J. Moten hits the transfer portal. You know, you hear rivals saying, oh, my God, Michigan lost their their top, one of their top safeties. Well, didn't play in the TCU game last year as a healthy scratch for a reason, was actually working out with the linebackers. So uh, you got a pair of safeties there and a couple of young guys behind him and Keon Saab and Zeke Berry, who they love. Uh, great, highly recruited guys that they think can, can provide some depth there. Will Johnson at corner has a chance to be one of the elite corners here. He was actually playing with with an injury last year, Bill, that nobody really knew about it from high school. So he was out this spring, and they were cleaning some stuff up. Uh, and uh, But you saw in the Purdue game how deadly and lethal this guy can be. And uh, you put him out there, and, you know, it's the cliche, take away half the field. Well, this guy's taking away half the field. So the other corner is the one that we're watching closely. And, uh, you know, you got Nickel, Mike Sainristel, who – Doug Skeen says, you know, this guy's a football player, and he's absolutely right. That was one of the great moves that Jim Harbaugh made. So he can play some other corner, but he told me specifically in Cleveland, he said, you know what, no, I played generally nickel this spring. He said, yeah, I can play there if they need me to, but I have faith in the young guys, Jaden McBurrows, guys like Jair Hill, Amorian Walker, who we talked about. So somebody's got to step up there. The good news is, they got one of the best in the country coaching them back there in Steve Klinkscale. He'll have somebody ready there. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com is joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. If you have a Michigan football question, uh, you can drop it on the Mercantile Bank listener line, 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. Add Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, and also opt in on that huge text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21,000. Mercantile Bank with locations all across Michigan, local team members, local decision makers, and also a bank you can trust and depend on, which is more important than ever before. When you look at the assistant coaches, who do you think is irreplaceable from that staff that you would put at the top of the list? 
maybe not necessarily the best, but the most valuable assistant coach for Harbaugh. If you had to pick one, which that's kind of tough with Moore and Kling Scales, and you look at Minner and the job he did stepping in for McDonald, Chris, but from your trips to Shembeck or uh, watching the practices, the games, who do you think really in the last two years outside of Harbaugh has been the man as one of his assistants? I think you got to go with Sharon Moore, right? And here's a guy who really could have been a head coach last year. He had a chance to take a couple of jobs uh, in speaking to people in the building, turned them down because he can be choosy at this point. And uh, that's saying something, right? When you talk about Jim Harbaugh's coaching tree and the coaching staffs that he's had here, this is by far, in my opinion, the best staff he's had in terms of coaching and recruiting. I could give you literally one of five or six guys on this staff and say, okay, this guy, this would be a blow if he left. And uh, in, in talking to some of Sharon Moore's colleagues, they say, okay, it's only a matter of time before Moore leaves because he's going to have opportunities everywhere. And uh, he would be tough to replace just because of the, the way he coaches a line. How often are you going to win back-to-back Joe Moore awards, number one? They love him in that room. He played the position at Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, replaced a guy in Ed Warner who really took it to another level and took it that much further. So, uh, and he's your offensive coordinator. So if you look at Minter and, you know, what, he replaced Mike McDonald, but they were so similar and they knew so much about each other. Uh, who's that next guy? So, you know what, I'd kind of put him up there, too. He's teaching guys like Clink Scale, who I think, you know what, uh, is learning the defense along with Jay Harbaugh at safeties. So uh, Mike Elston at defensive line uh, is a guy who's been a coordinator for a short time at Notre Dame, kind of like on a trial basis that you think, okay, this guy's ready too. So Chris Partridge at, uh, has been a coordinator. A lot of these guys have coordinator experience. So, uh, But to me, it's more... Uh, I love everything about him. I've, I've been singing his praises for years, just as one of those guys who not only is a great recruiter, but relates so well to kids that I firmly believe, and in speaking to people in that building, that he could be the guy. If he goes out and, you know what, cuts his teeth somewhere, he could come back and be the next head coach at the University of Michigan down the road. Chris Ballas from Wolverines.com is joining us. You can follow everything University of Michigan Athletics 24-7 at thewolverine.com. All right, away from assistance. Harbaugh, the last two years have been near perfect during the regular season, as good as it gets for Michigan fans. College football playoff, you got whacked by Georgia. Hindsight, you know, if you could find two more quarters, you're probably in the championship game, and who knows, against Georgia, they were beatable. I'll debate that all day with people. Ohio State almost beat them. Look what Michigan did to Ohio State in Columbus. Is Harbaugh at Michigan five years from now? Do you think Jim Harbaugh is still the head coach in Ann Arbor? That's a great question. You wonder why somebody, you know, more NFL teams weren't interested in him this year. Back-to-back wins over Ohio State. He's proven to be one of the best coaches in the country, Bill right? Regardless of level. He's done things in the NFL and in college, like Pete Carroll that we've always talked about. You know, there's only, there are only a couple of guys that had had that level of success and he's one of them. So, but he's 60 years old. So it's a young man's game now in the NFL. And I was, I was certain that last year I thought, okay, you know, Denver showed some interest. I think there's something working against him there that maybe uh, some of the, I'm not going to call it collusion, but I think owners talk, right? And I think the reputation that he 
got at San Francisco of being difficult to work with uh, is something that is being working against him and being held against him uh, to Michigan's benefit because here's a guy, look what he's done, look what he's doing on the recruiting trail now. Uh, and I don't think he was planning on being here nine years. And he, and he basically said that, you know, he said, I, you know, I was going to be here for seven years. And uh, I promised Jim Hackett seven years when I first came here. And we know that he was ready to go to Minnesota if they were ready to hire him. That didn't work out for whatever reason. So uh, long story short, I think he very well could be. And uh, if he is, boy, the way that this thing is humming right now, uh, you're going to see Michigan in the hunt for championships here for the next several years. And with the expansion of the college football playoff a year from now, 12 teams will get in. That will be a game changer. And the addition of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten like we talked about. Remember, you can follow Chris, Clayton Safey, Anthony Broom, and the team at thewolverine.com. If you have a Michigan football question, you can join us on the Mercantile Bank listener line at 1-866-838-4843. That's 1-866-838-HUGE. From St. Joseph to Midland, this show is huge. The 1-2. Right side to Hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan. Available for you. 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive, boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.tv. That's MHSAA.tv. TV 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the huge show across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer in downtown Grand Rapids at our flagship station, 96.1 The Game. We've been talking about Michigan State, the Big Ten Lions, and also Michigan football. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com is joining us this hour. And Chris, uh, the schedule game. Let's go through the Michigan schedule. How many regular season wins and also how will Michigan finish their season now i look at the first four games and we can agree four and oh correct oh yeah they'll be double digit favorites heavy favorites 
more than that. Not triple-digit favorites, obviously, but maybe 20-point 20, 20 favorites in each of those games. East Carolina, hearing rumblings that that might be a night game to start the year, Bill, believe it or not, from my people at, at the University of Michigan. So that'd be interesting um, and uh, and kind of exciting for people. Better then than in November when it's snowing, right? But uh, East Carolina looking like a win. UNLV, they're going to take care of business in that one, uh, another home game. It's a very similar to last year's home non-conference schedule where you're looking and thinking, okay, Where's the beef, right? Where's that one marquee game? That will come in 2024 when they play Texas, not coming next year. So Bowling Green's the third game. They're going to win that one handily. Greg Schiano has had – he's improved Rutgers a, a little bit, but it, you know what? Last year they took a step backwards. That team's not ready to come into Ann Arbor and be competitive against Michigan, so 4-0 without breaking a sweat. And then the next stretch features three of four on the road, including games at Nebraska, at Minnesota – at Michigan State, three games that I believe Michigan will be favored in. I don't look at any of those three as rising superstars uh, in Big Ten championship circles or even contention. So I'm taking, including that Indiana game, Michigan winning that next group of four, and they're 8-0 to start the season. Yeah, and the tricky ones, I think, are when you go to Nebraska and Minnesota back-to-back. Those are long road trips, right? And uh, Nebraska, I've never literally ever heard a louder crowd than I did for that night game at Nebraska a couple of years ago. That environment was unbelievable uh, for Michigan to be able to pull that one out. That wasn't a great football team they played, Nebraska, but you know what? That crowd helped keep them in the game and really kind of helped change the turn the tide when Michigan took a big lead early in that game. So that's one to watch. And then the second half of that one, turning around, going right back out to Minnesota, P.J. Fleck. A uh, good football coach. People can say whatever they want to about him, but if you look at Minnesota, they lose a lot. Uh, Mohamed Ibrahim, a running back, but you know what? Uh, I think they're going to be one of those teams, one of those games. Remember when the Michigan went up there on Halloween a few years ago and needed a goal line stand to pull a game out uh, against uh, Jerry Kill's team up there? So um, that's going to be a little bit squirrely. I agree with you, though. I think they win both of those games, come home, play Indiana. Remember, just a few years ago, Indiana's out there competing for the Big Ten West, and uh, Tom Allen's team is struggling now. So they are picked, I think, to finish 13th in the league. Michigan State can always be a little squirrely. You never know what you're going to get up there. and uh, But that is a game where Michigan's going to be heavily favored. Michigan State losing guys like Peyton Thorne. And Keon Coleman is going to be, uh, you know, it's huge for them. So I don't think they're going to have a running game. I think they're going to have a hard time moving the football against Michigan. Could be a game similar to the one that we saw last year in Ann Arbor. So, uh, but you know what? Michigan's had struggles up there. You never take that one for granted. But I'm with you. I think they win that one as well. At Penn State, new quarterback uh, for Penn State. But that game is late in the season, so it won't be your typical new QB under fire Crazy environment, as good as any environment in the Big Ten when you travel on the road. Is that your flag game for Michigan? It is, and it is hard, as we've said over and over and over again, to go through a season undefeated. And if there's one game where you say, okay, if you had to pick one, that is the logical loss on this schedule, it would be at Penn State. Not going to be a night game. They've already announced Michigan State and Penn State. Fox is going to have the first pick that day. It'll be the big noon game 
most likely, uh, probably 100%. So you're avoiding that and the whiteout and, and everything else. So I think that works to Michigan's benefit. But they got some good running backs. That is always a tough place to play. Michigan's had some struggles there. Uh, they've won some games there, too, over the years. And so uh, with a new quarterback coming in, Who's good, Drew Allar, uh, I think, uh, you know, has great potential. But first year quarterback against this defense, I like Michigan, uh, to play well. But I, I've said from the beginning, I said it's going to be really tough for them to go undefeated again back to back years. Even Ohio State's best teams, right? You remember when they went to Purdue and gave up 50 points? They went to Iowa a few years back and gave up 55. So there's going to be something along the way where you say, okay, they're going to get tripped up. In my opinion, this is probably the most likely game. You look at Purdue the week before that, if they still had Alex O'Connell at quarterback, you know, you could say, okay, wow, you know, that could be a challenge for them. We saw it in the Big Ten championship game last year. That'll be a cakewalk. And you like Michigan to beat Ohio State at the big house to close out the regular season. I do, but you got Michigan at Maryland the week before that as well with uh, Tolia. I just went right by that. Yeah. I And uh, to his brother, yeah. congratulations on year 13 as the Maryland QB. <laughs> right? You're thinking, how is this guy still there? But he's dangerous, and he did some nice things against Michigan. He also had a couple picks last year in the big house, but... That's a dangerous game. We saw Ohio State nearly get tripped up at Maryland last year before they played Michigan. So that's another one to watch. So a game that if you, on paper looks like, okay, you know, Michigan will probably be favored by 10, 15 points or something like that, but you just never know. But uh, that could be one to watch as well. But I do like Michigan to beat Ohio State for a third straight time. They're going to have a first-year quarterback. Uh, you know what? The onus is on them now, and it's it's about time. And you could sense it last year that, okay, they put so much into that one game to prove that two years ago was a fluke that I thought they played tight. I thought that they overcompensated on defense. They were a little bit too aggressive, and they really felt the pressure. You want to talk about pressure, talk about losing three games in a row to Michigan if you're Ryan Day and how the heat's going to be on him. But I like the matchup. Uh, Michigan has bullied them on the on the both lines of scrimmage the last couple of years. I think that's going to be the case again this year. You know, one thing as I was going through the schedule uh, before the show today, before they get to Ohio State, Michigan finishes with five of seven on the road. Five of seven on the road. And again, no matter how good you are, that's asking a lot of any football team at any level. Uh, Five of seven uh, on the road. But I I still am going with Michigan undefeated. I think they'll get it done. I I believe they're going to win their college football Final Four Opener, the semifinal, and the national championship. And why, Chris? I've been looking across the landscape of college football. I don't think USC has a defense to be a national champion. I know Alabama's Alabama. Georgia, Stetson Bennett gone. Young gone. C.J. Stroud is gone. I mean, you're looking at returning quarterbacks. That's why J.J. McCarthy, if he is set to go penthouse level, elite QB, I think Michigan will run the table. There could be that upset. I tend to agree with you that five out of seven, you're asking a team a lot. But you go win on the road, that's when you become a champion. Go ask the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Clemsons and the Oklahoma and even Ohio State uh, what they did. So I'll go undefeated national champion. You're saying one loss, still Big Ten champion, at least a tie at worst. Uh, They get to the Big Ten title game. Uh, Do they win the Big Ten title? Uh, do they win a playoff game, or do they win it all? 
look at the West and you have to wonder who's going to come out of there, right? And I look at Cade McNamara and Eric All at Iowa, and I like Kirk Ferentz and what he's done with Iowa. They're always going to be tough. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if they got that offense up there to match the defense they've had and uh, and they could win the West. So Wisconsin's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Luke Fickle in his first year. When you change the identity of a program, you just go back to Rich Rod in Michigan, right? And you're thinking, okay, is this going to work? We've done this for three decades. Now we're going away from it. Uh, is, is this going to work? So uh, it'll be fascinating to see what happens there. But, yeah, if Michigan gets through the the uh, to the Big Ten championship game, I don't see them losing. If it's Michigan, if it's Ohio State, uh, I think whoever comes out of the East is going to win it. So um, it'll it'll be interesting. And then if you look, it's really about matchups in the in the playoff, right? Last year they had an opportunity, they blew it. They looked overlooked TCU. You'll never convince me otherwise. And in speaking to some people close to it, they th- think the same thing. This is what happens. They said, you know what, when you read your clippings and you're thinking you're going to be playing Georgia and everything else, and you, you came, came out and laid an egg, still should have won the game, didn't miss that opportunity. But uh, we'll see. Those SEC programs still have the most talent. If we're talking about five-star talent across the board, they've got the elite guys on the on the defensive line, the guys that can run. Uh, we saw it at Michigan and Georgia a couple years ago. It's a different animal. Same with Alabama. So that's why I thought last year was so big. You know what, if you could get that next step and then get to that championship game, maybe you don't win it, maybe you do, but at least you got there and you've got a little bit bit of confidence going into this year. So where will Michigan season end this fall or, or into the winter? I think, you know what, I think they make the championship game. And uh, to me, I still think, the SEC is the dominant conference. I think it'll be an SEC team that wins it. Maybe Alabama, maybe Georgia. So could be LSU. Watch for them on the outside. It could be LSU. And uh, but I'm with you on USC. Until they get serious on defense, they're not going to get there. So we saw what Utah did to them last year. You can follow Chris and the entire Wolverine.com crew at the Wolverine.com 24/7. You can stay up to date on everything. University of Michigan Athletics at TheWolverine.com. Everything huge, 24-7 at TheHugeShow.net. I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and Sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here for all the Mr. Car Wash locations across Michigan. You're going to want to look into that unlimited monthly pass that I use. Superfly Hayes, my producer, uses it. I can get my SUV washed as often as I like for one low price. You can sign up today. Just go to MrCarWash.com or stop by your local Mr. Car Wash location here in Michigan for the one close to you. And to get that unlimited pass, go to MrCarWash.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Let's go check in. Allen Park, Lions facility, Mike O'Hara, DetroitLions.com, senior columnist, insider when it comes to the Lions. And the National Football League, he's standing by in the Meyer LPGA Classic 
for Simply Give guest line. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. Hey, I like that, the 19, uh, 19 outlets. I think I like to run outside and listen to myself. You can. You can run. Anybody can run outside right now and just hear me anywhere in Michigan. It's a beautiful thing. You can run outside and see the Lions OTAs. I know it's not game situations. It's not full equipment. But what's the first thing that stuck out to you, Mike, on uh, these new Lions and this team in their OTAs? You know, when you really, we haven't had a chance to really see a lot of this yet, but, but, huge. but the one thing that struck me out, struck, has struck me the most is how young this team has gotten so quickly and how much better it is, at least on paper and really based on last, uh, last year's production, how getting so much younger and so much better so quickly. It's just a, it, it, it's really a, an unusual situation for me. I don't think I've seen exactly this in all the years I've covered the Detroit Lions. How many new Lions have you ran into, not you know, done a formal interview or conversation, but just had a chance to meet from the new Lions? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Look, it was a week or so ago or two weeks ago, I forget exactly which. I think we talked to five, six, seven guys. And one thing that struck me with all no, that was the rookie camp. That's that's what it was. And uh, the rookie mini camp. And, and huge. What really struck me with all with all of those kids was that, uh, and I didn't t- talk to all of them, but I think I talked to seven or nine or whatever it is, how they had prepared themselves for minicamp. They'd gotten tape and video and talked to people and all that. And even Hendon Hooker, the, the, the quarterback, he had gotten uh, uh, one of the Steve uh, Steve Mitchell, the tight end for Virginia Tech, a rookie last year. They had played together for a year at Virginia Tech, and he had him sent him the the the, uh, the, 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 the routes and all that, so he could get get a head start on when he got here with the Detroit Lions. I thought it showed an awful lot of enterprise on his part. I'm not sure every you know, young player would think of it, but but he did, and, and good for him. Michael Harry, Detroit Lions insider, columnist for the Lions, the NFL, with DetroitLions.com joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. Uh, what are they trying to get out of OTAs? Uh, when you look at this team, how they finish, we all know the numbers. You look at all the new additions. You mentioned being younger, but quicker, better. Uh, some veterans like Gardner Johnson, or you look at Montgomery, and I saw Detroit Lions. PR team send out a snapshot of him. He looks awesome. I, man, uh, again, I'm just not sold on Nate Sudfeld as a backup, but the additions off a team that finished really strong, now what's missing, can they have a really fast start for the first time in the Holmes era? Well, you think about that. They were, what, 0-8 two years ago, 0-8 and 1, I think, before they finally broke through and right. didn't lose. And then last year, 1-6. and six. And look, those... You're not going to recover. Excuse me, you're not going to recover from that very often, and make the playoffs. And the Lions, is, 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 look, they're one of the better teams in the league, but they're, they were not in the playoffs last year because of what the way they started. I and mean, look, you've got to come out of the gun, out of the gate, you know, blazing guns. You really do if you're going to if you're going to have a successful season. Now, look, there are you know there are examples of it going the other way and go back to you know Bobby Ross and the San Diego Chargers. 35 years ago, whatever it was, they started one and four, I think it was, and won, I think, 11 straight and made the playoffs and went to the Super Bowl. I mean, it can happen, but you can't make, you can't count on it and you can't make a living that way. Who do you think is the biggest offseason addition through free agency, draft, uh, re signing that you think is the most important thing that Holmes and Campbell have done so far this offseason? to make the Lions a better football team? 
well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. It's not just one person, but it's it's everything they did to, to strengthen the secondary. You know, they signed uh, three uh, undrafted or three uh, free agents, and not undrafted free agents. And then they drafted a player in the, in the high in the second round, uh, uh, Brian Branch. Brian Branch, I'm sorry, of Alabama to play safety, to play cornerback, to play nickelback. That tells you to me what what the Detroit Lions thought of their secondary last year and the year before, and really. Rightfully so, even though they have some young players developing there, but they needed more. But that, that to me, shows you the, the weakness of that team last year was in the secondary. Regardless, like you can talk about, oh, if we had a better pass rush, we'd be able to, you know, we'd have to cover so long and all that. But still, too many breakdowns in the secondary last year to be a competitive team. And I think that they addressed that and, and more. They really did. I think address golf in a, a, a contract. I know it's been brought up to Holmes a couple of times, I think, or times, plural. And I've read some of the comments from DetroitLions.com. But, you know, you're, you're a businessman if you're Holmes or you know, Sheila Hamp or Campbell. Do you offer a deal earlier uh, than waiting? Uh, will the price tag go up? Uh, I mentioned on air earlier this hour, NFL on CBS threw out a stat. Last six years, only Mahomes and Rodgers have more wins at quarterback in terms of starting games than Jared Goff. So what's what's your stance on the future of golf in Detroit beyond this current deal? Well, there's two two different things. What it's what, what it's going to end up being, and what I think they should do, or, or what I would do, and I would. Uh, Somewhere in the middle of this season, if he's playing anything close to what he played last year, you know, I mean, and it might not be exactly the same because, look, one or two interceptions can change your whole passer rating and all that, you know, the technicalities of all that. But I think he's their quarterback for the present, and I think he's their quarterback for the future. I really do. I believe it. You know, I've seen guys get hot, you know, and just get hot and have a good, you know, three, four, five, six. Six games, but this is a guy who's a veteran quarterback who's been to a Super Bowl with the Atlanta, with with the Los Angeles Rams, and then to watch him do it here in, in, in Detroit on teams that have won, you know, went three three or three thirteen and one and started one and six, and, and really really dragged this team to some sort of heights, whatever they are. Not he did it all on his own, but really set an set set up. The precedent set an example of what what can what is to come for the Detroit Lions with him at quarterback, and I would think somewhere along the line that uh, sometime this year, if it, this season, if it continues, that I you know I would extend him. You know, with, with, within reason now, of course, I would extend him, and 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 why go into a, a lame duck season with him next year? Yeah, and there's that again that catch twenty two in both sides of the fence on this. That if the Lions. Get out of the box and win at Kansas City, and they're four and one, five and zero. Oh, and all of a sudden, you want to offer golf a, an extension? You know, he might say, "I'm going to wait and see, you know, where this year goes and the price goes up." Or do you do it now to show stability? Do you go off for a couple years at forty five, fifty million a year, which seems to be the going rate right now, with a lot of guaranteed money, knowing you then have Hooker and his. Uh, red shirt year, and he gets a couple, three years to develop, and could be your guy uh, down the road. It's it's an interesting business decision here uh, by Holmes and Campbell. Yeah, but here's one thing about it, Hughes. I don't know if people really pay attention to this or understand it or not. But Jared Goff is a young quarterback. He's 28 years old. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers at 39 or 40 or whatever he is. I wouldn't try if he told me if he told me how old he was. I wouldn't believe him anyway. But 
but he, there's a guy who's got 10 more years left. I mean, he's got 10 good years of football left in him. It's not, he's not on his last legs now where he can get hurt and get injured. I get all that. But if things just play out the way they play out for most, you know, most quarterbacks, he can be here, like I said, he can be here for another decade. What's wrong with that? That's why I'm I'm on the where I'm at right now. The more you and analytics are ruling the game at times, maybe too much. But I look at a young quarterback. I look at even a four year extension and say he's my guy. And some will say, well, then why did you draft Hooker? Well, you know uh, injuries. You let the guy learn. Uh, you know who knows if he if he has to jump in sooner than later after this season. But this franchise is on such a good path right now. That, you know, I, I believe successful NFL franchises are triggered by quality QBs, front office, and obviously coaching. And I, I would well, offer it right now and get it done so it's out of the way. There you go. Well, I don't know if I'd, I, you know what, I, I wouldn't, I could not argue with that. It's not exactly what I would do. I would wait a little bit, but but let's just say you, you, um, you have Hooker for another two years or whatever it is, two years, three years, whatever it would be. And, and Goff is still playing, you know, really good football. You can do the same thing that the New England Patriots did, what, six years ago, seven years ago, trade Garoppolo, their backup quarterback, who was never going to get in. He was never going to beat out, you know, Tom Brady. And get a second-round draft pick for a guy you drafted in the third round and had some sort of, you know, some sort of insurance value with him in case, you know, if the, as the backup quarterback eventually. And what's wrong with that? Look, there's an old saying, you know, if you want to catch fish, go where the fish are. Well, Right now, the fish are where the quarterback is in Detroit. That's want to catch. That's where you go. Yeah, DetroitLines.com fishing with Mike uh, on the Detroit River <laughs> debuts uh, tomorrow at seven p.m. DetroitLines.com. Mike always love uh, the Lions NFL conversation. Enjoy some downtime, and we'll talk soon. All right, huge thanks as always for having me. Big, bad, huge.